like for breakfast? Hello. Yes. Hello, Everybody. remaining listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome to everybody. We today topic of discussion centers around Jake's upcoming trip to the Dharma Center for a 10-day silent meditation retreat in the woods of Hertfordshire. In the woods of Herefordshire, yeah. Herefordshire. Um, yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned, but I meditate. Um Oh, you're so, so cool, bro. Yeah. Pretty enlightened being. And I'll only be more enlightened when I return from my little trip next week. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what we'll do about podcasts. We might, we'll figure that out. But basically, for those who haven't heard me drone on about this before, the course, so it's 10 days. Uh, so this one is from the um, 11th to the, no, 15th to the 23rd or something. 12th to the 23rd is what it is. Um, and yeah, you just kind of go, there's a big centre and they feed you and you sleep there and then you just all day. just Vegan like, food only. Veggie, yeah, yeah. Vegan, it's vegan. Is it vegan? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I guess there's no cheese, is there? Yeah. No. There you go. Vegan food. It's all good. It all tastes <laughs> very bland, though, that food. I think it's really nice. I thought it was disgusting. <laughs> I put so much hot sauce on everything while I was there. I did eat. Yeah, I did use a lot of hot sauce, too. But there's, you know, it's free and it's yeah. lovingly prepared and it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the whole thing but is I've free, which is good, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think like it's rare to find well anything for free but even meditation things like we me and you went to that um little intro in like transcendental meditation didn't we in London and there was like a nice little talk about it and then they dropped the bombshell that it was like 700 quid for a for them to give you a personalized mantra or whatever so yeah, and like all those mm. yoga retreats and stuff are really expensive, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is good that this one's free. It's the only so free is, one I've come across. Yeah, me too. Um, but I've I've got the little schedule because I was I couldn't really remember exactly how hardcore it was. So I was looking up and it is super hardcore. <laughs> four a.m. gone. Yeah, I'll just run through it now. Yeah, four a.m. wake up bell. Um, 4.30 to 6.30, meditate in the hall or in your room. 6.30 till 8 a.m., breakfast break. 8 till 9 a.m., group meditation in the hall. 9 till 11, meditate in the hall or in your room. 11 till 12 is lunch break. 12 till 1, rest and optional interviews with the teacher. 1 till 2.30 p.m., meditate in the hall or in your room. 2.30 to 3.30, group meditation in the hall. 3.30 to 5.00 p.m., meditate in the hall or in your room. 5.00 to 6.00 is a tea break. 6.00 till 7.00 p.m. is a group meditation in the hall. 7.00 till 8.15 is a discourse in the hall. 8.15 to 9.00 is a group meditation in the hall. 9.00 till 9.30, optional question time in the hall. 
and then nine thirty, go to room and lights out. So, so is that so how that many hours of meditation is that in the day? Like nine, eight? Yeah, like I think it's like nine or ten. God, um, I must admit that last. So this is this will be the second time I've done a ten day one, and I did a three day like last year. Um, but like the the mornings when it says. 4.30 to 6.30, meditate in your hall or in your room. I will admit that quite a few of those mornings are just like, that's an extra two hours in bed for me. <laughs> <laughs> While everyone else is meditating. Oh, you're, not, was... you're not a real meditator, Jake. I know. Well, I was that's up why 4 a.m. every morning, sat my ass in that hall. I knew yeah. I'd go back to sleep if I didn't go to the hall, so I was like, I'm going to go to the hall. Mm. Well, I'm going to try a bit harder and be more strictly adherence to the rules this time because mm. i didn't obviously didn't achieve full enlightenment last time and it must have been because i was snoozing um yeah i so a couple of things when you tell people about this i think the most people always react to the fact that it's silent like you don't talk to anyone yeah. for 10 days and there's no like communication burst by like eye contact and stuff either like you look yeah. on the ground the whole time and you can't speak to anyone and those people are like, I could not do that. Mm. But it's quite nice though, really. And you always uh, like, yeah. you see everyone walking around as well. So it's kind of, you're not like fully alone, but you are very kind of insular, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I always find it interesting that that's the thing that people get freaked out about and not the 4am wake up and the 10 hours of meditation a day. They're like, oh, I couldn't not speak for that long. Is that <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of socially awkward anyway, so it's a bonus yeah. to yeah. not have to have these weird conversations with people. <laughs> but then on the on the last day when they because you have kind of half a day of like reintegration where you sit around and chat to people, don't you? From the course. Um and that's nice. That's like a cool way in because you you all have obviously had this very strange similar experience so i remember having some quite cool chats with people last time so i'm looking forward to to that mm. again yeah yeah we are yeah i keep thinking about the fact that we have a podcast but then and then i also keep thinking about the fact that really there's nothing to be said jake is there uh, the final truth is that there's nothing to be said i feel and which is very but then you have a podcast so you're saying lots of words so it doesn't spit uh yeah but you'd have to kind of <clears throat> you have to there's no words because what we're trying to talk about is an experience and like a, a feeling or a sensation like a state of mind hmm. kind i of think it's it. like beyond language as well so I don't think that's the only reason because you can still talk about most experiences, even though they're just experiences. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, yeah, I guess the, I feel like language like fully just breaks down when you get there. Yeah. Well, I, um, I was, so I was looking cause they give you a little like a pack of leaflets and stuff when you leave. So I was looking to see if I still had that to look at this schedule. I didn't find that, but I did find this like brown envelope that they gave me it. And it's 
got all like scribbles on of things that I wrote on the last day and thought were like super profound and like needed that I needed to be remembered what and like tell people. What does it it's say? just hilarious, like random bullet points. Give so us I'll one. read some. And they've got some of them have got like uh in brackets like Ricky or in brackets Tibble and like people that I like this person needs to know this thing that I've figured out. So like the first one for you, it just says it's just a bullet point that says subjective objectivity. And Ricky. <laughs> so like I'm just writing down things that seem profound. But what don't does really that mean though, James? Well, that's the problem. I can't really it's, Yeah, it's hard to remember um, what anything means now. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's just an example that it's you are you're going to fail if you're trying to figure out a way to express what's going on in these kind of states, just similar to when we talk about psychedelic trips, you can't really explain it. But you can you can give a guide and a and an idea. Um, I was listening to Ramdas the other day, as usual, legend, and he said this. He was talking about um, a cool analogy for this kind of attempt to describe things, but n- like realizing that it's just a different thing, and there's always going to be more to it is that he said when people pointing at the moon, like to show people what it is, you, the finger is different when you're pointing at it. It's it's showing you what the moon is, but it's very different from the moon. Mm. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I... another thing that sounds profound. And then I... I, just, like, <laughs> 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 I used to like smoke weed and then just like take loads of notes of like really interesting, well, interesting thoughts. And so I have just yeah. notes of just loads of interesting thoughts. But then <laughs> now you look at them and just like, most of them don't make that much sense. Slash don't yeah. feel as deep as they felt at the time. Yeah. But I still feel like that doesn't mean you're not getting insight though. Like you're still getting lots of insight, but just like you lose that kind of feeling of profundity even though like I guess the meaning behind the words is almost the same but actually it's not really the same because it's really not in the same context of like experience yeah so one thing that I did write down and it prompted me to remember and this was in brackets tell Tibble yeah but it was um it the bullet point is ice sculpture water analogy I think if I remember correctly I had this thinking about this exact thing of like how to explain this experience and like what's happening to people and the inevitable, um, like me forgetting the experience and not being able to hold on to it. So the, my thought was these experiences or states or ideas or whatever is like an ice sculpture and it's like perfect and awesome, but you can't show it to anyone because you, you can't move it. And so you, you have to like try and get people to come and look at it, but 
the more time elapses from it actually happening, it melts and becomes all deformed. And so the, the longer it is between it happens and you trying to explain it to someone else, the more like deformed and like lay, lame it is. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it makes some sense. I mean, yeah. And I remember it obviously being better than that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, going back to 10 day meditation camp times, which mm. you're about to re-experience, um, like one of the most difficult things I found was just sitting still for like three hours, like sitting cross yeah. legs for three hours, your knees and like leg joints, and then also kind of back, your back just yeah. completely like, it's just pain all over and it yeah. bloody hurts. Yeah, it does ache a lot. Um, and part, but I remember part of the meditation sorry. is you like kind of you're transcending that pain with your mind somehow. But yeah, it just really <clears throat> fucking hurts, basically. Yeah, well, be- because the kind of technique you're doing is like a body scan, so you're trying to like feel from your head to your toes when you or when I like came across like my back hurting or my knee or whatever, I found that if you stay and really focus on your knee and try and, try and feel like as, as specifically as possible where the pain is coming from, if you try and get to the root of it, it, kind of disappears just on its own um, in the same way that your thoughts do as well. When you're meditating, you, a thought pops up and you just kind of acknowledge it and it disappears on its own. There's a kind of symmetry going on with your like physical mm. ailments as well. I yeah because no matter like you'd be maybe 20 30 minutes in and you just think i can't stay like this anymore my back hurts so much i'm gonna have to get up but you kind of no no like everyone else is doing it or mm. i did it yesterday or whatever it'll get easier and there's there's another thing that will distract you and then you forget that your back's hurting mm. I think, yeah, this is true to a certain extent but also, and maybe shows my shortcomings in meditation, but I was in a lot of bloody pain for most of it. Yeah. And I was like rearranging, cause you get some cushions and like, I was rearranging yeah. the different, like I was trying to make like a chair out of like five cushions, which was somehow comfy to sit on <laughs> and it just mm. wasn't working. But yeah, at yeah. the times where I was kind of felt like I was getting close to something, the pain definitely like started to transform into like a airiness, like emptiness type right. thing, I think. Yeah. Well, the, the whole the whole thing is this like arising and passing away of sensation and you the main goal is to not crave the good sensations like the tingly 
like high psychedelic feelings you sometimes get and but to not run away from the pain or the like invasive thoughts or whatever right like so just acknowledging them and kind of letting them dissipate Mm. so if you're trying to construct a chair out of cushions like you're just focusing more on how in pain you are aren't you yeah Uh, so it it's very easy to get hooked in a a cycle of physical distraction just as it is like mental distraction Mm. and yeah your mind like does attack you sometimes as well i found like your mind would like create these like the longer the meditation went on, the more aggressive your mind got in its kind of attempts to kind of frighten you or making you remember some like awkward or like embarrassing event you went through like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's like doing that yeah. type of shit. And then you constantly like, yeah, focus on my breath, focus on my body, uh, stay like neutral. Um, yeah. But, but like, I think like that's easier to do. Like, accepting the negatives is easier than not chasing the positives i think right yeah yeah when i had like a glimpse of something during that retreat after that glimpse i was just shit at meditating again because i was always thinking oh i need to get to that glimpse yeah, again exactly. and trying to always like second guess my own like neutrality which is mm. in itself not making it neutral. And then I, and then once I had that glimpse, I like never got back to that glimpse again because I was kind of seeking it and knowing that it was there. Yeah. But I think you, I experienced a few times any, whether it was like a day's worth or just a particular hour or a couple of hours of meditation, if one was really good the next one was inevitably bad because for that exact reason i was like oh last time i was i felt like i was really doing it i was like i was there kind of thing and now it's not happening and what's that about so yeah that gets you in an uncomfortable position as well because you're you know that you can experience something more pleasant that you'd rather be experiencing but after that little cycle happened a couple of times kind of clocked onto it and made more of an effort to stay neutral and to to like appreciate the negative aspects as well as the positive ones so when like you say when a random thought pops up from 10 years ago like i i remember one one actually um that I hadn't thought about for years and years and it popped up and was like causing me great stress and sat in this hall. And it was just a random memory from uh, secondary school where I was just walking to class down this corridor and there was a girl that I knew at the other end of the corridor. And as we got closer, she like sped up and was like looking to hug like I thought she's looking to hug me. So I like was like went to hug her and there was like someone behind me, like her friend was behind me that she was actually going to hug. And like, that's just hilarious and nuts. But at the time I just wanted to die, but I haven't thought about it literally probably since then. 
and then it came up in the hall like meditating and I just couldn't get it out of my head for ages I was like oh my god I bet this girl still thinks that I'm like a total freak and a loser and but then eventually I was like was able to see it as just a hilarious thing that happened and I can pretty much guarantee that that girl doesn't remember it probably doesn't even remember me like it's only a big deal just then right there when I just couldn't let go of it yeah those moments are very terrible though when someone's like waiting yeah. for you and they, then it's not you but yeah yeah <laughs> but you can have that change in perspective where oh actually it's like pretty funny yeah, yeah. It? Um, so even physical pain you can get to a point or aim for a point where it is really just a sensation you don't attach a negative connotation to it it's it's just like a dull throbbing and it's just as interesting as a light tingly feeling mm. but that yeah it's tricky uh i'm read i'm on the website dharma.org everyone um and so here's some stuff the course requires hard serious work there are three steps to the training the first step is for the period of the course to abstain from killing stealing sexual activity speaking falsely and intoxicant intoxicants um intoxic how the fuck do you say intoxicants that's okay um yeah and so one thing that's funny is they separate all the men and women into like, yeah. different. they have they split the whole kind of compound in half and then the men yeah. are on one side and the women are on the other side so you don't really you see girls in the meditation hall but yeah but you're coming through like separate. different doors and yeah leave through different doors yeah. sleep yeah. in different places uh bathroom in different places um and i remember like i was really scared to talk to women after afterwards you mentioned the day at the end where you can talk mm. to everyone and you can talk <clears> to <throat> the females as well but then i was like girls scare me now um <laughs> and then also on the like abstaining from killing i was like there was always like uh kind of like flies or whatever or like mm. ox or mosquitoes in my room and i was like no i can't can't kill them yeah did did they have little like plastic cups that you could use to i remember those being everywhere and thinking it was really funny that there were these little bug catchers all over the place <laughs> yeah. yeah that was sweet <laughs> Yeah, I think the only, I remember being a bit annoyed about the girls and boys separation because that was like a, I don't like arbitrary rules that just don't seem to make any sense. So like that was one that bugged me. And then another was, I remember being told off quite a few times for sitting with my feet pointing towards the teacher at the front. Yeah, yeah, and that was like a sign of disrespect. No, I didn't get that. But it was just what it was during the like discourse when they just play a video um, of like the Goenka dude talking. Yeah. So obviously, I've just been sat cross-legged for hours, so I just wanted to like stretch my legs out. But I remember two or three separate occasions, one of the people kind of coming up to me and just like pointing out the fact that my feet were 
pointing in a disrespectful direction. So I remember being annoyed about that as well. But most of it's pretty, like, it's all, it's just about the technique. It's not giving you kind of dogma. Yeah. Which I thought was quite good. There was some, like, sneaking of Buddhism in there as well. But it's not necessary at all. I remember chatting to a few guys at the end and they were all saying that they'd heard about it from like listening to Sam Harris podcasts. So they were very like strong atheists and were, you know, they were there for the the practice and not any of the kind of Buddhism stuff. But, and they had some qualms about that as well, because there's a bit of like chanting and stuff that you can do, but all that stuff is totally optional. I don't, I didn't find it invasive although i am now kind of professing buddhism to lots of people but that that was i think that's (laughs) coming from elsewhere (laughs) yeah what are you most looking forward to this time around well like i said i want to make more of an effort to follow the rules and do yeah, try and stick to it a bit more stringently. Um, but I'm I'm hoping to kickstart myself into a better routine because I've I've been meditating. I do twenty minutes in the morning, um, and then probably about twenty minutes at night before I go to bed as well most days. But and that's definitely helped and that's good. But I remember at the end of the last 10 day one thinking like, this is so great. I'm going to meditate an hour each morning and an hour each night. And I'm going to be, you know, happy and loving and full of joy. Um, And so quickly I like didn't meditate at all. So I'm hoping it'll, um, yeah, kickstart me into better better meditation habits mm. yeah i'm not meditating at all really at the moment well very much no. and it's stupid because like whenever i meditate even for like 20 minutes in the morning i like notice my life getting better and things being better yeah i think so and then i <laughs> but then maybe like partly because of that because your life is good you're like oh why do i have to meditate anymore my life's already mm, fine yeah but it's because yeah, you yeah. are meditating that your <laughs> life is fine. Then you stop meditating yeah. and you go to shit again. And then you're like, okay, I need to meditate again. But you really just should continue meditating and not be lazy like I am. Yeah. I do the same thing um, like with exercise. Like I started going running quite regularly over quarantine and like haven't been for a run in a couple of weeks. But And that was the same thing. I was like, oh, I feel really good after having done some exercise and like, oh, how cool, how good am I? How healthy do I feel? This is great. And yeah, even though I know all the benefits and I know it's not really that much effort, I still don't do it. Mm. I'd rather watch Netflix Yeah, <laughs> and read. I'm excited for your trip. I feel like I yeah. will be living through you. Yeah, not, yeah. Not having to do it myself, thankfully. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try and do some kind of 
astral traveling because <laughs> I'm really bummed that I can't go to the good custard mm. like get down on the 15th. I'm really annoyed. I'd have liked to have gone. So I'm going to try and figure out a way to project myself through a wormhole or some kind of other dimension and I'll be there. Sounds good. I'll way. see you on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When do you go again? It's next Wednesday, which I think is the okay. 12th. <clears throat> I'm coming home on the Monday. But so. Oh, cool. Maybe I'll see you on the Tuesday, potentially. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I was thinking, do you remember last time when I told you there was some guy who had like a bit of a freak out mm, yeah. in the meditation hall? I really hope that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> this time <laughs> it's really scary like we were we were all in this in the big in the big hall for one of these uh group like hour-long sessions where everyone's there um and obviously you sat there with your eyes closed and you kind of pretty far out um but I just remember hearing one of the, someone near me um, asking if we could go outside. It's like, oh, I just remember hearing this voice saying, oh, I need to go outside. I need to go, I need to go outside. I need to sit under the tree. And obviously it was really weird because I haven't heard anyone speak for like five or six days or however, I forget how long into it it was. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And I really wanted to open my eyes and like have a look and see what was happening. Um, but I was getting some like bad vibes. And so I was a bit scared to open my eyes and see what was going on. I was like, no, just don't worry about it. Keep meditating, like follow the breath, do your whatever. So I was trying to ignore it. Um, but for, so I, found out later when we were able to speak to everyone that some people had like opened their eyes and were just watching that happened. So I managed to pick up what was going on. But basically this guy had just stood up mid meditation session and asked permission to leave, to go outside and sit under this tree. Um, but he said, and I remember hearing him say um, like, it wants me to go outside. Like he was being directed by something. He was like, no, I need to go. Like I'm being told to sit under this tree outside. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> what's going on? This is terrifying. Um, and yeah, I just remember feeling all like hot and a bit scared and a bit like getting the fear. Yeah. Um, and I think I think one of the kind of assistant teachers ended up taking him outside and kind of talking him, talking to him. Um, but like we didn't see him again for the next <laughs> few days of the thing, and it was just it was really weird. That was another thing that I had to try and just put to the back of my mind and be like, oh, he's obviously fine. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, so, precautions yeah. in place. 
I think obviously if you're like looking into your mind, then some shit can come out of it. Um, but yeah, apparently, apparently after you do five MEO DMT, which is the frog venom, the toad, uh, yeah, the toad, um, yeah. like apparently your life it just is going mental, and like your your mind's like falling apart, and like shit's going crazy, but right apparently part of that process is kind of remaining uh neutral and equi- re- having equanimity about yeah that process of your life just falling apart around you and be everything being really fucking weird like weeks after and like that's right. quite an integral part of the integration apparently i heard oh wow so maybe even if you are going fucking crazy and hearing the trees speak to you, maybe part of the process of that is to kind of even remain, uh, have equanimity throughout the absolute madness of that experience. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is probably easier said than done. Yeah, but I, but like we were saying, you're your mind's coming up with all kinds of shit. You know, it's telling you to think about this and to do that and to move and whatever. Um, so I, I, my kind of assumption or understanding was that he had just latched on to this yeah. idea that he would like to go and sit under a tree and it would be nice. And he, you know, m- maybe it was after the, some lecture where he had mentioned Gautama the Buddha achieving enlightenment sat under the tree and he was just like obsessing over this to the point where he convinced himself that it it was no longer in his mind and it was some kind of divine intervention telling him to go and do it. Um, so hopefully if I get any of that nonsense, I can just remain equanimous and not crave enlightenment and stay well stay away from the trees let me know if you go crazy and yeah i feel yeah. like this podcast was quite uh positive about meditation camp and now you've just scared everyone off from doing it ever oh no <laughs> it was still great and i we spoke to like the assistant meditator at the end and he kind of told us that yeah it was he was quite a young guy mm. and he just had a bit of a freak out, but they spoke to him and like, he was fine. It wasn't a big deal. And again, that, you know, that was just one dude had a bit of a bad experience and I've been back since and I'm, I'm excited to go back again. So fear not fellow listeners. This is, it's not scary. It's cool. (laughs) Hopefully you do come back crazy and then we record a podcast of you just, that would make a good podcast. Yeah. It would. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. But yeah. Please don't lose your mind, Jake. We all wish you well. <laughs> yes. See you on the other side.